Hello listeners, this is Bob, and welcome to the third episode of the Worst Movie of the Year, a City of Geek podcast. If you're coming to us for the first time, here's the basic setup. Every week, I pick a random year from 1965 to the current year, 2020, as we record this. I go down to Metacritic and find the worst rated movie that is both available and hasn't been discussed for starting the third week, so we haven't had any repetitions yet, but I'm sure it'll happen. And then myself, and whoever wants to volunteer or I ask to pop on for this pick of the week... Watch it, and then we talk about it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty basic, pretty set up. Uh, it's not always following the Metacritic. Our first episode was on Verotica, uh, which is from this year, but it doesn't have anything listed, but we wanted to start with something really atrocious, uh, so that's where we went with that. But we'll, So we'll, there'll be some exceptions. If you have something you want to watch in particular, please let me know. If I get a, a lot of requests for something, I'll either do up a poll, or maybe we'll just pop in and do some do that particular movie, based upon how things go. We are spun off from a regular podcast reviews over at cityofgeek.com, so if you're coming to us not from City of Geek, be sure to head over there and subscribe and bookmark and all of that. We have our podcast on iTunes, but I'll post everything up on the website as we go through. And the Worst Movie of the Year and City of Geek both have our Facebooks, so like us on that site and see everything else we're talking about, because not everything that we talk about on Facebook ends up on either of the websites. The website for Worst Movie of the Year is the worst movie of the year .transistor.fm. And we'll have we'll be up on iTunes soon as I'm recording this. We're only on the third episode, so we can't have anything up there yet. But if that's something you're looking forward to, uh, go ahead and put that up there. But let's go ahead and meet this week's panelist and talk about this week's movie. So everyone at home knows who is talking at a particular point. Let's go ahead and introduce yourselves. And if you want to promote and plug whatever you do as well, Go for it. Uh, Jose, why don't you go first? As Jose, a.k.a. Cinematic Bandicoot from CinematicBandicoot.com. Joining in with City of Geek today to help promote their website. They've been a great um, friend of ours in reviewing some great stuff. And want to just come on, help help promote their stuff, and talk about some really, really awful movies in (laughs) lockdown. (laughs) Uh, Tony. I'm Tony. I'm also known as Skeletony from the Grave Plot Podcast. We are a horror-centric uh, news and review podcast. Um, we also run the Grave Plot Film Festival. Um, and uh, yeah, we're just two nerds, but I I have an eclectic taste in nerddom. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cody? And of course, I am Cody. Uh Bob's not co-pilot. I am one of one of three co-pilots on City of Geek, and here because I, I wanted to make a cameo on this. It's fun. Yeah, we, we did have a uh, Tony K, one of the other writers of City of Geek, in the first episode uh, for Veronica. Kim hasn't popped in yet, but she will when the right movie comes up, since we do have a different variety of people. Uh, and I'm Bob, and also one of the guys over at City of Geek with our regular podcast, which you can subscribe to wherever wherever you can find good podcasts, I guess. Uh, And with uh, Tony and Cody, we also are all at uh, Crypticon normally this weekend, every year, unfortunately, because of the quarantine. We're not at it. But we usually panel panel over there. Uh, Cody and I are both on the film festival uh, for City for not City for for the uh, Crypticon (laughs) Film Festival. And, uh, but we're glad to be doing this. So we are talking today about 1997's Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, just a little bit of background on it before we start talking about that. Uh, it opened on November 21st, 1997 at number one with $16 million opening for a $35 million total. Um, it is, we are talking about it now because it is an 11 on Metacritic uh, that led us here, but it does have a 2% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, 
Hotmail <laughs> Productions. <laughs> the Rainmaker and Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, uh, barely beating out Anastasia, uh, which. Uh, <laughs> so, but uh, I remember seeing this with my friends and being severely disappointed. And I'll start the conversation with that, saying that when I posted, that's what we were talking about this week on Wednesday, because uh, I do post the new movie on every Wednesday. I get so many comments, emails, messages saying, "Oh, I remember watching that and being disappointing." Disappointing seems to be the major cross-the-board thoughts, and I guess we can just go from there. My uh, first question on this is: I watched this one when I was. Yeah, when I was a kid, um, I loved the Mortal Kombat stuff. I got into that when I was like uh, in the mid two thousands when I was a kid. And how do you? And I and I and I watched it at a time where like internet was there, but it wasn't like super prevalent. I watched them back to back because I went to Hollywood, and my mom let me run them back to back because I love the movies. How do you recast? 90% of the fucking cast between the first and the second movies. <laughs> you can't even get Christopher Lambert back. And he went. He was in Highlander 2, 3, 4. <laughs> and if he says yeah. no to Mortal Kombat 2. But, but, yeah, that's, that's a big a, red flag. That's the thing is like so much of this cast, they're like nobodies. I mean, from, from the original cast, it's like nobody knew who um, uh, uh, Leslie... Uh, Shit, I forgot his last name. The guy who played Johnny Cage. Nobody yeah. fucking knew who he was. Um, and um, uh, Sonya Blade, um, Br- uh, Bridget Nielsen. No, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, it was Bridget Nielsen, right? Yeah, Bridget Nielsen. Uh, was it? Which, yeah. Which in the is, first movie, not the second. Which is kind of odd because the first movie clearly indicates that there would have been a sequel. So you think the cast would have been like Bridget a little Wilson. bit. Sorry. They would have anticipated it. Like, I don't know, excited for it? Uh, sometimes like, it's you know contracts or things they're working on like Lambert might have had some Highlander thing to make uh maybe that Beowulf movie that he was in I can't remember when that was from yeah but when you replace him with a uh, James Remar you know you kind of lose something you know I do like James Remar yeah, me too I, I love James Remar but but goddamn what a miscast yeah. holy shit like you know like I, I don't know how how into the the video games you guys are but Raiden is like a, a, a brooding, you know, with withdrawn character. He is like he's like an overseer. He he's not he's not friendly. He's not involved. He protects Earthrealm, and that's that's his cause. He's not there to be their buddy. And like as as much of a, a, a not I don't want to say hack, but an, an over actor <laughs> that Christopher Lambert is. Yeah, like he played that that brooding disconnected character so well even though it was kind of a miscast i think it should, should have been somebody asian for sure but sure. um well but, I mean, but james remar like completely changed the tone and changed the character of raiden altogether and it's like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> that's presuming there's any character yeah. at all in in mortal kombat annihilation <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, yeah well, go ahead sir after you cody i thought one of you guys oh. to pop in sorry no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Um. Well, I mean, we love the video games like now, and we didn't see any of these yet. I'm like back then, we just caught up with it last night, and yeah, Raiden was like a very godlike person, and he's not really that way in the sequel when he was at least trying in the first. It's like it's like you had you had the power, you had that literal lightning in your hands for the first movie. 
and then you just drop the bottle. It's like, why? And then, uh, that kind of leads into something I wanted to mention there. It's like the, the first movie itself is a pretty decent movie. Like it, it did, did well. It has a 58 on Metacritic, which is just shy of the, the green mark. So in a, plenty of great movies end up in the 58 range. That's a, that's a pretty solid rating on Metacritic. And going from that in 1995 to an 11, two years later, is such a loss because the first movie works. The first movie is essentially a remake of End of the Dragon, but it's it's a good enough remake that they did what they could. They had a that nice level of cheesiness that they knew exactly what they were making, and I think it came across really well. Uh, and then to drop the ball between the two movies uh, is yeah, a disappointment, as, as everyone else notes. Because, um, like... Back then, when you had like Double Dragon, Super Mario Brothers, and eventually Alone in the Dark, like that was quite the accomplishment for Mortal Kombat to be both good back then and still have its own following today. <laughs> I mean, y'all still like the first one, right? It's like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I think it held up. Yeah. That, that's a testament to how much it hold, held up then and now, even with all the backlash initially. <laughs> but. Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah, I mean, we're not talking about the first one. We're on the... The, um, the first one had so much going for it. Um, I mean, you had Paul W.S. Anderson, or Paul Anderson, as he was known then. You know, he added the W.S. later. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, he he crafted such a, such a, a well-progressing film, and it was... Um, it was a solid martial arts film, which is at, at its core is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and uh, it held enough or it held true enough to the video games themselves to, to be recognizable without being hackney and hokey. Like, like this one is like yeah. annihilation was. Um, and, uh, and the, the set pieces were so impressive. Mm. Um, whereas this one, like, you know, they shot in uh, uh, Petra in Jordan. Yeah. Where, like, uh, the end of... Um, uh, Temple of Doom. Uh, <laughs> Not Temple of Doom, uh, right, um, uh, Last Crusade. Last Crusade, yeah. They shot there, and it looks cool, but it's like they didn't make that. They didn't put any effort into actually designing these set pieces like they did in the first movie. Um, and so, I don't know. It just seemed really cheap. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, a huge step down because I was thinking of because I watched the first one uh, on Wednesday and I watched Annihilation on Friday. So I did separate them out. And uh, like I was just impressed watching the first one again with like the fight between Johnny Cage and Scorpion. Uh, the two sets are there. Looks like the forest area and then that that big cavern. Uh, I'm sure a lot of that's matte painting but the, what they had to make for that was really cool. Um, and Goro looks great. Like uh, he's a mix between you know, stop motion animatronics and a dude in a suit and i think over one shot it looks like two people standing on top of each other <laughs> but it's the, like um, the, it's like the it's like the terminator 2 of video game movies it just it combines so many effects and you can't tell which is which sometimes and then like when it comes to like goro and, and his arms there you can compare that between the forearm woman whose name i can't remember for annihilation where you can literally see the and paste her arms below them and like it looks like there's like one person and another person standing behind her but it, i think they just copied and pasted it and look this looks awful the uh even the cg wasn't great in 95 it's worse <laughs> in 97 yeah uh, how do you get worse as time goes on well it's like, it makes me it's like a cash grab just in general where they saw how great the movie was 
And they're like, you know what? We could just, people are going to eat this up anyway. Why don't we just absolutely cut the budget and do it shittier? <laughs> that is partially true because there's a series on YouTube called um, What Happened by Matt McMuscles where he covers this stuff. And apparently there was a lot of behind the scenes trouble with directors, actors, and budgets in this one, not just with recasting, but just trying to find a focus on what this story was supposed to be. Like I'll link, I'll like link it somewhere. You guys mind if I post it on your um, Facebook so I can, um, the link to the, yeah, video? I'll put it in the show notes and then uh, we'll put it up on the, um, the worst movie of the year, uh, Facebook as well. Cause um, once you look at that video, then it kind of makes sense on how all, it, all this went downhill when they had such something. So, <laughs> Well, in the period between the two movies, I mean, they, they like, you could tell that they like, okay, this made a lot of money. Let's rush this one to production. And they just went with it. And it was, yeah. then it was couldn't just. Get any, couldn't get too many people back. Like Paul W.S. Anderson went off to do uh, Event Horizon instead, thankfully. So we get um, John Leonotti as a first time director. He, he would go off to direct uh, Annabelle LeBron. He's a big cinematographer. Um, but this is his first time directing and it kind of really shows there's just no, nothing to it. But I don't know how much blame I want to put on him because he just kind of probably just had like, you know, he, you know he how had a lot camera, of this aim the camera at these people and let them do what they need to do. He had a, he had his hands full with a lot of problems with the studio and the cast and everything. So, um, and just a God awful script on him. He's just fight to fight to fight. Uh, with yeah. nothing really to, to it. I remember, actually, it was funny enough watching it this time. It's the first time I've seen it since I saw it in theaters back in 97, was that it actually was more <clears throat> coherent than I remember it being. Uh, I swear, like, my memory of it was literally just fight after fight. Like, someone shows up, they fight, and then they vanish. Well, that does happen a lot with, like, the robots. When you build those Predator robots, you might as well made it, so you might as well use them a couple more times. Uh but there was a little more going on with the plot than I remember, but that's not much uh, at all. And it's not very good. Yeah. No. No. And you know, well, it's it's funny because it doesn't, like, so this this game was m- mainly centered around Mortal Kombat 3. It had a little yeah. bit of Mortal Kombat 4 in it. Because um, they, they had to promote, they had to use the movie to promote, promote the game, so you're right on that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they they tried to cram so much stuff into one movie and it's, it's like, um, think of a movie like, uh, like Endgame, where yeah. there is just massive amounts of characters that all have their own little subplots going. And somehow the Russos managed to craft that so well where everybody got their screen time, everybody told their story, but you know, it took, you know, what, three hours, movies? 10 years <laughs> yeah. and three hours. Um, and, uh, you know, they tried to do that in this with one movie leading into it. And you had all these important characters that um, just didn't get any screen time. And, I mean, and they I completely mean, changed the story <laughs> to what was, what was relevant in Mortal Kombat three. It just, it, it's not cohesive. And it was, well, it's, it's not that it's not cohesive. It just doesn't make any sense. It's like the the first movie was, for, uh, as I noted earlier, it's kind of such a remake of uh, Enter the Dragon. This one's more of your ten year old cousin coming back from the arcade, telling you about someone else playing it. Oh, and then <laughs> yeah. you fought the robot, and then you fought Nightwolf, and then you fought Jade, <laughs> and he goes or... to this place and he fights this person. They're like, okay, sure, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> or it could be like the DC universe where they cram so much in the first two <laughs> movies without trying to let it breathe. Yeah. I'll give credit to this movie that unlike a lot of other video game movies, good or bad, that it doesn't cram in the video game stuff at the very end just to tease you about what's going to come next. Like they did in Sonic the Hedgehog, which really irritated me outside of that. But that's the only thing I hate about that. But I just don't like, what do you guys think of the trope of video game movies using the actual game source to tease you about a sequel? Cause to this one's very, very little credit. Like it encompassed the games, like from all the characters. And that I think like it was that made it's... for the people who played the game rather than the general audience. Yeah, that's just show them the people they like, and you know, with these ill-fitting costumes and pop in oh, for God. a scene. <laughs> See, that's what they were going for more for quantity of characters rather than quality of characters. Yeah, uh, you know, the person like... had that restraint of showing just the seven main people and then mention here and there, but. Yeah, there's so many important subplots going on. I mean, in Mortal Kombat, where it's not a very plot-heavy game, there is a lot of backstory to it, and like there's a lot of important subplots that should have been involved in this. Like Sub Zero showed up for two minutes. Yeah, he had a he had a semi-decent fight with Scorpion, who's alive for whatever reason, um, and uh, you know that that's there's like a deeper thing with Sub Zero in the game and they just completely ignored it. And like the, the, um, the robots, like those are members of his clan that were changed into robots and they never once mentioned that. Yeah. Because they, they pop in, uh, do their thing and then they leave. Yeah. And that seems to be the, the common thread here is like, come in, say a couple lines. If they get, if they're so lucky fight, leave, never see them again. And the thing with like sub zero is it seemed like he's going to come back and then he does it. Right. He's well, just there. He made such a production for his entrance, and then he was in it for two minutes and never saw him again. Well, obviously, they have to focus on the most important stuff, like that really awkward, like, transportation um, <laughs> system where you go down to a ball and you're heaving against each other, like some sort of perverted foreplay game. <laughs> Sonia's look when she was looking at Raiden's like, what are you doing so close to me? <laughs> it's like look i like you as a friend <laughs> i mean you're, you're a cool god but i, I don't know you know you're not you're not my kind of lightning my boyfriend just died or my boyfriend we just met you know <laughs> very unceremoniously you know getting killed by uh by shao khan who of course brian thompson who was at crypticon last year it was good to see him i forget he was in it then he popped up like holy shit <laughs> you know i remember thinking that he was such an inspired casting because he's like a big intimidating guy, just like Shao Kahn is. Yeah, he's but kind of, it's something like the, about it just didn't work. His costume came off really silly. He's like, I don't know. He's, he's such like, I don't know. Like, like he should be this big, you know, intimidating dude. And he got like, my dad. My dad's mad at me, man. <laughs> so, he's, so he's like a bald emo kid. It's like if Thanos was bald, short, and kind of like, like a, I don't know, a Daffy Duck, where he just wants to. Um, ride the shoulders off of it's others. It's like all the costumes are made for someone slightly bigger than the people wearing them, so it looks like awkward. And he's wearing that. that there's that point where he's out there with Sindal, and he's wearing that um that samurai helmet, and it's kind of like sliding around his head, and <laughs> it all looks so kind of foamy that like <laughs> yeah, like especially the ninja costumes just don't 
they just like the way they move is like that's that can't be comfortable and it's got to be hot as hell yeah yeah Yeah. well i guess it could be like a tutorial video how how not to do cosplay at conventions when you watch this (laughs) cosplay at conventions (laughs) comes off better than the 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 costumes in this exactly that's the thing it's like i've seen people make this shit in their living room that looks better than what i saw on screen (laughs) yeah i understand like breathability for movement but still you know they like the the way that the the ninjas looked in the first film was looked right that looked that looked good like they were they look like they they worked they look like they were uh usable and still recognizable as their characters uh and they kept it simple they didn't try and go overboard like unfortunately this one did um it's like they dropped uh the the prop people off at uh fucking goodwill and they're like okay you got 20 bucks make this shit work You know, the thing about the costumes is they look very inspired by Mortal Kombat 4, um, which j- that, that game just, the, the game itself was awkward. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember oh, when it came out of how bad it was. I'm not a big that, fighter game player myself. So especially that, how like, awesome the third one was. <laughs> the fourth game was the, was the, was the 3D one, right? Because I don't know. I only played one through three. So enlighten me. Oh, sense, <laughs> sensei, Anthony. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, it, 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 it follows the, the style of the original, of the first three pretty close. It's just, uh, I mean, this was like the first game that was on N64 and you remember how janky those were. Oh um, yeah. yeah the, so everything was real blocky and just, and I think that, I think they probably saw, oh, those, those costumes look really big and bulky and uncomfortable. That must be what we need to go for. <laughs> Yeah, the days of polygons and digital matte paintings. <laughs> and even though I use this line in uh in, Bra- in the Veronica um, episode, it looks like full motion video. Where as we're watching like a PS one cutscene, is that so much this movie looks like? Yeah, uh, which I guess yeah. maybe okay, nineteen ninety seven, not so much in twenty twenty, say for something like Veronica. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I if think... you guys have seen that yet, but. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think Final, the original Final Fantasy VII, is slapping this movie on how horrible the CG in this was. It's like, would you rather? I'd rather choose Cloud's Popeye arms over whatever they came up with um, during the final battle. <laughs> oh God! Like, I wonder why we weren't seeing Montoro's like whole body that much because I don't think he established a centaur until the end. And then it's like, oh, that's that's why. Because this looks yep. so awful, uh, but like the, the when that statue comes to life at one point, it's like this is like commercial. Like this is CGI you'd see in like a commercial for like a bad insurance company. Yeah, <laughs> it looked like they got some like. Oh man, I want the CGI. general in the next uh, Mortal Kombat game. <laughs> the general wins. Fatality. <laughs> Takes out the the, the Geico gecko. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think save on that. Something that that ups that really I think probably was the most disappointing. I mean, among among all of the disappointing things about this was that um the two other characters sorry, I mean you had um Liu Kang and Katana who were in it and they're just kind of carrying on doing their thing. But then, you know, in the original movie you had uh Sonya Blade and Johnny Cage, who each had their own interesting backstories and yeah. subplots. Yeah. 
And in the first five minutes of this movie, you kill Johnny Cage and you, you, you put uh, Sonya Blade on, on the back burner as a secondary character to Jax, hmm. who is, a rel- I mean, he was in the first movie, but he's a, yeah. he's a relatively new character. And it's like, how, you, you done did them dirty. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. And not, and not just in the mud wrestling. Yeah, which is a weird <laughs> bit. I was like, holy shit, are we really going there? When I- <laughs> oh yeah, Melina pops up for, for that one fight. You never see her again. And you don't even say who she is. Like, if you're not a fan of the games, you have no fucking clue who she is. It's too bad they didn't do like what they did in the first movie when Reptile showed up. They like have the little, literally have the announcer be like Reptile, you know, yeah. just <laughs> that, you know. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that they didn't just tease a third movie with like Reptile in a silhouette, like at the moon. Um, given how most video games are doing that at that time, just well, he teasing. was in the the first film where, but. Uh, but yeah, it's, that's kind of like uh, they mentioned a bunch of people they don't they don't bring back. But um, yeah, it was a mud wrestling. The uh, 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 shit, it's <laughs> going from there. Um, well, just, I mean, that word describes like, the movie in a nutshell. Shit. <laughs> but it's like somebody in my notes are like, "This happened. Sure, why not? Like robot arms to Jacks. Sure, why not? I know it's in 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 the thing and in, in the in the game. But so much of this is like this thing comes in." Eh, why not? Eh, sure, there's a robot. Sure, why not? Zendal's yeah. back. Okay. Zendal's uh, <laughs> asleep on the the altar, and there's this weird, almost sexiness between her and Katana for half of a second. And I was like, did I miss something? <laughs> <laughs> Here's Sub-Zero. You're like, uh, didn't he freeze one of the best characters? Well, it was yeah. his brother this time or something. No, it didn't really matter because Scorpion's there. So. Yeah. And then he's yeah, not. They're both just back, and they're some of the best or more well-known characters. Here they are for two fucking minutes. Yeah. You just can't do it without it, you know. We yeah. honestly, honestly got more satisfaction seeing um, Scorpion like grab Daffy Duck's neck in the new Warner Brothers logo that they had for the animated movie. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I'll... It's a thing. <laughs> it's I'll post it on on your Facebook later, but it's it's a Looney Tunes Mortal Kombat crossover. Was oh, it that uh, that Legend of Scorpion? Yeah, like Scorpion literally interacts with Daffy Duck. It's like the most Roger Rabbit thing <laughs> the series could ever do. I'd watch but... that. <laughs> yeah, fuck me too. It's definitely more entertaining than this movie was. <laughs> and and this this is one of those movies that has that distinction of being a franchise killer. Where it like just completely stopped the any plans for a sequel until what you know you know, like James Wan rolled around that we're getting next year. Yeah, but it's like you know they had a plan for a third and a fourth movie and they're going to be, it's going to be great guys. This is going to be a great way to cut costs and still make money. And then okay, well we've killed this. On to the next thing. Yeah, and there were the TV shows, but I remember watching one episode of one of them, but I I don't have any any backing in that. Yeah. Is- is Mortal Kombat fit to be an animated show for kids, given how it's an M-rated game where blood, guts, and bones are like the main focus? Yeah, and that's interesting for that because they yeah, that's almost the focus, but there's not that both movies are PG thirteen and are rather dry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but at, first at least there was like some sort of fighting in the movies, but the sh- but a show that's literally aimed for kids. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. I remember that's, that's like it being the, pretty subdued compared to the games and even the movies. 
but apparently the next uh the one coming out next year is going to be like full the R. yeah we will have at least that uh if nothing else but always can't be worse can't be can't be this um, well yeah anything the second movie was a necessary evil so this one could rise from the ashes hopefully we're 16 not years later too soon. yeah <laughs> ain't never too late to become a phoenix <laughs> yeah i did want to know like that uh shit was my notes of the uh baraka fight of a uh, ladies and gentlemen the flying nostra to ariel ass uh, act. <laughs> was that baraka was that the dude it was, yeah it's baraka, baraka. And yeah, the looked- guy with the with the big carnivore's teeth yeah, it looked like it was like this. Uh, they just raided it from Dust to Dawn warehouse and took all the old masks. <laughs> yeah, was that a mask or was that CGI? It was so bad; it was so hard to tell. You know, I can, I can. It was all practical stuff. I can give, I give them credit for trying, mm-hmm. but it looked terrible. Like he looked ridiculous. Like I don't know. He, it was very clear that he was wearing like this full body prosthetic, basically, and just looked so bulky and. Barely moving it, and yeah, uh, that's yeah. A, that's a disappointing. Uh, mother's point thing. It's like even with the bad fitting costume, it's a bad thing. This like I would okay all that if the fighting was actually decent, but mm-hmm. the fighting is just the same. You know, kick punch block, kick punch block again and again and again. It's so like watching the- somebody play Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But for a movie, I expected some, something. You know more dynamic you know it's it's even worse in the first movie because they're mostly just jumping and the comma is actually a lot slower in this one than the first movie because yeah, there's a lot of photoshopping effects yeah so the... after you okay there's a lot more focus on uh like um uh powers like um you know like all, all like the special moves that were weren't really prevalent in the first movie, they did that a lot more in this. Um, and I remember thinking that was cool as a kid, but rewatching it now, I'm like, that's dumb. It's like that, like you're completely changing the tone of the movie. Yeah, yeah. random animality from the uh, Nightwolf <sighs> or Night God. whatever that Nightwolf, sorry, who yeah, had like, Nightwolf. yeah, who I thought the acting was bad until he came on, and then he just lowered it another level. <laughs> um, uh, and then, yeah, of course, the end with a dragon versus Hydra or whatever the fuck. <laughs> I'm surprised that, was, that didn't turn into some, into some sort of anti <laughs> parody. <laughs> you know, it's like talking about Nightwolf. They, they actually found a Native American to play Nightwolf, which I give them thankfully. credit for. Well, congrats. But they, but they yeah. didn't find an Asian actor to play uh, Raiden or Shao Kahn. Or uh, Katana, or actually, I don't know. Is she Talisa Soto? Is she Asian? Do you know? I don't know. Okay, well, let's say for argument's sake that she's not. Um, just like all these missed opportunities, like completely miscast characters. Um, I, I mean, like I don't want to get political ab- about it, but it's like you know, just another example of you know Asian actors being completely ignored by Hollywood. No, oh, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely whitewashing. A, a whitewashing. Yeah. I mean, I, I was frankly surprised that they actually cast Liu King as an Asian. Yeah, like for, for him at least. Uh, Talisa Soto is Puerto Rican. Okay, well, there you go. So good or bad? I mean, it's not white, but it's not the... Brown. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's not the right ethnicity. <laughs> I was like, I was um, like at that at that rate, I'm surprised that Jax was a guy in blackface. No. They'd <laughs> 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 be like, uh, here, John Wayne, you're Liu Kang now. <laughs> hey, if that happens, then they could probably cast them as Jinx later. <laughs> and then the next Pokemon movie. Hopefully, the the new the the casting for the new film will will be more appropriate. Yeah, please. Sorry, did everybody please. see um, Mortal Kombat Legacy? No, no. That short series they did on uh, online, I guess. Uh, that was no, coming out, but I never got around to watching it. No, it was, I I played the games instead of watch that stuff. Unfortunately, it was it was actually really well done. It was um it was more of a grounded uh, version of what goes on in the games That's um, good. rather than making people, you know, sorcerers and stuff like that. They're, they're like crime Lords. Um, crime Lords but, and mortal Kombat. Yeah, sure. Okay. But, I mean, but they follow, they follow the plot really well too. Um, I just, I wanted to comment on something here. I'm reading on this Wikipedia page for annihilation said uh, in separate interviews, Ed Boon and John Tobias, the guys that developed the Mortal Kombat franchise, yeah. they both said in separate interviews that this is their personal worst moment in the work on the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's sad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I lost track of the games ages ago. There's 11 of them now, right? 10 of them? Yeah. 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 And I think three was probably the last one I played. Um and so I think definitely this is probably the most notably bad thing because that came out since the movie, some more people see it than, than say the game. Yeah. So I'm really not surprised because this is nothing. You know, this is a, it's just like, you have to assume at least one of them was on the set. Most days they're filming. And it's like, they saw what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> but too late to pull out now. Cause you already <laughs> wasted that much money. And here's your check. Okay. <laughs> the John Carpenter. Yeah, the money's on the dresser. On it, just give me your money for it. <laughs> hey, at least we have future Mortal Kombat to look forward to after this. <laughs> yeah, from what I've heard, you know, it's it's got some solid hype to it. Whether or not it lives up to it, we'll, we'll see. We'll just be so wanting new movies when we're out to see movies again that no matter oh. what it'll be, it'll be amazing. Uh, yeah. But I no. started seeing this with my friends, like on my, it was my friend's birthday weekend, and it came out, and we went we went to see it, and all of us are like, Ugh. even the guy who likes <laughs> the worst movies, like as in like legitimately likes. Of course, I like bad movies too, but thinks like bad movies like, are good movies. Like the guy who goes like, I don't believe Rotten Tomatoes. The critics don't know what they're talking about. Even that guy <laughs> was uh, was like, that was a piece of shit. What the fuck was that? <laughs> Does he say that on like the on the fresh movies or the rotten movies? It seems to be the opposite. Whatever Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic go for, you know, <laughs> people have like literally no taste, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, even even he hated it, and uh, and of course I don't know if he's listening. I know friends on Facebook. I don't know if he's going to listen to this, but yeah, I still remember going out and he just the utter disappointment from every single one of us. There's probably about like, twelve of us went. It was, it was my friend Brian's birthday weekend. Came out. Uh, we we convinced his parents to drive us out because we were. 15 so it was a uh, so we had to get you know get a ride out there and then uh it was just disappointing and then especially since the movie first movie was so damn good and i remember writing in my like i kept a journal at the time i remember writing in my journal 
like half star piece of shit. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I still remember writing that down. I remember seeing this movie and you know, I, I was, uh, I guess I was seven. No, it's like 12 when it came out. Um, so, you know, very impressionable <laughs> and you know, going in and watching it and thinking, Oh my God, this is amazing. Look, that's sub zero. And you know, there's, there's Ermac. I can't believe they put Ermac in the, in the movie. Um, and then walking out and it's, it's kind of like when you like sign up for a gym and they're signing you up for all these extras along the way. And it's all sounding really good at the time. But then you walk out and you're like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> it's kind of like that. <laughs> you know, like, well, I don't even tan. Why am I going to use the tanning booth? <laughs> but when the target audience, 15 year, uh, 12 to 15 year old guys go to see it and they hate it. For giving yeah. essentially what, what they think they wanted. You know, it's like, you know, these, these kids are going to see it. They just want to see the characters they know fight each other for, for 95 minutes. And when those kids walk out, be like, ugh, <laughs> you know you have something really well, shit, The first one was popular enough that, like, it even, like, bled over into other industries. Like, WCW had, like, three characters that were Mortal Kombat-inspired. They were complete <laughs> rip-offs. And the, how bad this one was, they pretty much killed the characters in universe. Also, didn't help that WCW was terrible and didn't know how to debut them but yeah no they had they had a glacier character who was basically sub-zero and he would go and he would wrestle matches because of how popular the mortal Kombat movie was please tell me they got sued later they never got sued i was very surprised by that but i know it took a while for what um them to to do it and the, the guy still does appearances as glacier on the independent scene in 2020 so he's made a he's made a living off of it well, even then, Mortal Kombat didn't have a lot to stand on for that because I was seeing a post the other day where Mortal Kombat three used all sorts of like background stuff from all from different material. Like Striker's background is uh from Terminator two and a uh, bunch of stuff like that. I saw I'm like, oh, okay, so they, if they were just you know picking things here and there and throwing it in their game, hoping no one noticed them, sure they can't get on WCW for for stealing uh, Sub Zero. <laughs> and it's just probably, but they've seemed like they just went just wide enough. To keep it from from connecting compared to say yeah. like wwf putting in like um zeus from no holds barred into the matches for like three matches after after that that movie came out in 1989 oh god and that guy was not a trained tony, wrestler tony Lister, apparently you know apparently cannot wrestle <laughs> he was so shitty oh fuck i hate i hate watching his matches Sounds like Jim Sterling would make a better wrestler than these guys. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, god damn this movie. Uh, I'll, I'll make through my notes to make sure there's nothing else I wanted to, to uh, mention. Well, I, I mean, set was, we were fine with it when watching it, but then after coming out, we were just kind of like trying to recover from it. It was just so such a it was a hard brain freeze to recover from. It was just so painful. Yeah, was, like we knew what to expect, but going in, it just dragged, and I just lost interest. And I just went, I just went and like I don't know, played. I played the eleventh game, and I'm like, whatever. Like it's in the background. I don't care anymore. I just want to play the new games now. So that's what it did. Yeah, one of my notes yeah, is it, I'm bored. I'm so bored. Is this thing gonna end? <laughs> it it yeah. commits that wonderful sin of 
it's so bad that it's not good. It's so bad that it's just boring. You don't even want to watch it. Yeah, but it's, uh, oh God, like, um, like I was doing it, like the how it seemed like they expected the special effects to be good, even though this is the same year the Lost World came out. Uh, but it's also the same year that Anaconda <laughs> and Spawn came out, which did have probably worse special effects. We spawned it, um, Spawn which is something I'm looking forward to rewatching for this podcast at some point. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> that, is like two slots above this, I think. That'll have its day in hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's a movie I, I saw in theaters and I haven't seen again since, and I'm kind of curious to see how that doesn't hold up or does. <laughs> Well, you're not going alone, man. We're, we'll, all, we'll all go with you in spirit. <laughs> so that's, that's the fun about doing this. It's a different set of people each time to see whoever's interested in wanting to talk about it. Which, well, I want to note for, for this particular episode, since I posted that, I got a bunch of people messaging me saying, can I be on this one? <laughs> so you guys are the three that, that, met, that made it. And, hey, actually, made uh, it. and hey. all three of last week's people asked to come back. And I decided, I decided to, to have a new set of people. So... Um, but that's uh that's what's cool about there is getting a bunch of different people to talk about different shitty movies. Yeah, like when you, when you said, "Hey, who wants to see date movie?" I'm like, "Oh, I can't wait to see who you get to wrangle in for that shit." And this one, I'm like, "Fuck it, I'm in." And uh, I might as well uh, announce next week's movie while while I'm at it because I did that right before it was recorded. Um, so I next mean, week we're going to 2014 with a uh, Septic Man. A movie I haven't Septic seen. Septic Man. Yes, nine. It's from the director of Monster Brawl. Uh, oh boy! I, uh, I fucking hated that I watched because of uh, Tony's podcast discussing it. <laughs> no, no, Monster Brawl was great, and I will not let you sully its memory. <laughs> Me either. I will defend it till the day I die. So it was I'm, I'm all alone here in Monster Brawl, I guess. Uh, but Septic Man, Monster, like, yeah, no, Monster Brawl was dog shit. That's available uh, to rent out there. So. Uh, We'll see where things go. Uh, so, any final thoughts on Mortal Kombat Annihilation before we call this episode a uh, to a halt? Apparently, it didn't. It didn't hold up for these guys who saw it back in the day, and it doesn't hold up for people who came into it who even love the games. So, just just go play the new games if you're that curious. Yeah, man. Fuck, fuck this movie though. <laughs> yeah. like absolutely, just being dog shit and taking all the best characters and putting them on the fucking back burner and killing Johnny Cage five minutes into the movie. Fuck you for that one. Yeah, I saw this movie as just a real slap in the face. As somebody who's been playing these games since the first one came out um, and like just like what like it's like somebody gave a vague idea of what the games were about and told somebody to write a script about it. and I, I can't remember who said it, but it's like, oh, I think it was you, Bob, that like somebody went in the arcade, played the game, and then somebody came back and told you about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, Essentially, it, it was, that seems to be what it is. It was exactly that. And uh, wrote down all the names, kind of what they look like. <laughs> it was insulting because like Mortal, the Mortal Kombat universe has, is so steeped in actually a very good story for video games. And, and they just didn't use any of it. <laughs> You know, they've got some serious lore and backstory for the for the universe, and they're like, ha not doing that shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I mean, I don't, I don't want to burn up a whole bunch extra time, but I just want to say, like, in Mortal Kombat three, it, like, it was the same thing. The the two rel- Earth Realm and Out Outworld, or yeah, Earth Realm and Outworld started merging because Shao Kahn 
revived Sindel, his bride, in Earthrealm. And by some kind of ancient rites, he was allowed to cross into that inner Earthrealm uh, to retrieve his bride, which started the two realms to merge. That's like crazy. That, that's, that's a backstory for a video game in the 90s, and they wrote that. This, like, I, I can't remember if it was Johnny Cage or, or Liu Kang, it was one of the two, said, you know, I thought the portal was closed for good. And the, the way they explained it was Raiden said, oh, what's closed can be opened again. Yeah. That it's was like, it. What? Sure, why, this, yeah, sure, why not? You know? <laughs> it's like, don't, forget, forget about that. Don't worry what's about disappointing it. about that is, is like the movie mentions that the realms are mixing and you see that, that thing come up and then the temple over Johnny Cage's body. And it never really comes into effect at all in the movie. It could have been a, a couple interesting set pieces of, of the two worlds combining into like, you know, in a set, like the, to say the universal backlot, uh, NYC set you know that'd been cool to have like that mixture in there but since the movie's made so cheaply it's made in these like basic sets out in the middle of nowhere that they can't do such a good uh, such an interesting concept instead just sees you know this is outworld continually without any change to that you know and even yeah. bad looking at world like the original how it looked in the first movie compared to this movie is completely different you know yeah it's like you know they, like the first movie they built these amazing set pieces on, you know, it was uh, Shang Tsung's Island. Um, you know, like all these like ancient looking ruined buildings that they created. They didn't just go out to, like I said, Petra, like they did in this and claim it's like some, you know, ancient Mortal Kombat temple. Uh, like they actually built this shit and it looked amazing. And they, and they made one of those in this movie. And they used it for five minutes. <laughs> As everything is, it, it comes in, does its bit, and then it's done. Yeah. Um, it was just a disappointment across the board me, for 15-year-old me and 38-year-old me. Both, both disappointing. <laughs> really? Especially really? after watching okay. the first movie again the other day. And then seeing, I know it was a step down. Otherwise, we won't be talking about it today. But it was just, I expected to be disappointed and was still more disappointed than I was. It's a $30 million budget for this. They made the first one for eighteen. Wow. Almost half. <laughs> Where'd wow. it go? Into the bad special effects? <laughs> in, 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 into the cocaine money? <laughs> yeah, and it got digested and then... Yeah, it went up Ed Boone's nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thank, thanks again for, for watching and talking about Mortal Kombat Annihilation. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun to have you guys out there and seeing you all again. It's been a couple years since seeing Jose and uh, Cody's been a couple weeks and... Yeah, in the gear. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll, you talk uh, online. But still. Um, well, we'll we'll be back. We'll definitely be back because hey, whatever keeps us connected in spirit during these tough times, even if it's talking about shitty movies like this. And hopefully, CryptoCon will still happen in September, like we planned. So, um, fingers crossed. Here's here's to that. I hope so. I rescheduled my damn PTO at work. It fucking better at this point. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, if, you're, if you're listening, you know what Crypticon is, check out CryptoconSeattle.com uh, coming in September. Uh, all sorts of amazing guests, amazing people, great panels, great film festival. Um, and uh, just uh, can everyone just say who you are and where to find you, and then we'll, we'll wrap it on up. Uh, Jose? Uh, Cinematic Bandicoot from CinematicBandicoot.com. Thanks for having me here, City of Geek. Really had fun tearing this shit up. Um, but, but bit by bit, blood by blood, bone by bone. Tony? Uh, yeah, I'm Tony, uh, my co-host, and my, yeah, me and my co-host Taylor 
host a bi-weekly podcast, the Graveflat Podcast at graveflatpodcast.com. If you're into horror movies and people talking shit, then uh, check us out. And finally, Cody. And you know, you can always find me at cityofgeek.com with Bob or on Twitter at cityofgeekcody. All right. And so Bob at uh, also run the cityofgeek.com along with the worst movie of the year. So you can find the worst movie of the year dot transistor.fm or cityofgeek.com. Like both those on Facebook, comment, subscribe, share, etc. All that jazz. Uh, and then I'm on Twitter at cityofgeek. I don't have my own. I did, but I got rid of that ages ago. Uh, but thank you for listening, everyone out there. Thank you guys for coming and talking. Uh, if anyone's interested in talking about Septic Man next week, please let me know. Um, I'll send, uh, also post it on the, on the group. So, um, uh, thank you everyone. And, uh, thank you. We didn't give us all fatality. Fatality. (laughs) Not a flawless victory, unfortunately. (laughs) All right. Thanks guys. And, uh, tune in next week for septic man. Adios.